So we're going to get right started right away. Uh, Dr. Nicole, welcome to Real Talk with Bella. This is a fascinating conversation that I feel like <laughs> you're looking at me like, but is it, but is it, um, but is it, I feel like I always want to talk about this and the pushback that I always get is the, I guess the shame and, and, and kind of, um, embarrassment that is kind of surrounding always talking about our vagina. I'm going to say a vagina, vagina, it's our vagina. And I'm like, and I was even come up with other words. Talking to Jennifer and I'm like, you're perfectly too capable of talking about a vagina because you have one. So it's um, I'm really, really interested in hearing, um, first of all, you know, a little bit about you. And then we're going to break down the topics uh, that you kind of go into one from your book uh, and then, you know, other topics that you typically discuss surrounding vaginal health, which is so important. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So uh, I'm Dr. Nicole Williams. I am a board certified OBGYN. I'm in practice downtown Chicago, Illinois. And one of my main focuses is vaginal and sexual health, in addition to fibroids, endometriosis, pelvic pain, urinary incontinence. But during the pandemic, when everything was shut down, I decided to kind of write a love letter to my patients and because my patients always seem to have the same question over and over and over, no matter how old they are, total age range, everything, everybody had the same question. So I was like, well, you know what? Why don't I just write everything down, go through everything step-by-step and uh, see if we can get some answers to most of our questions and to empower my patient. That's why I started looking at the background of the many words that we use for vagina that have nothing to do with vagina, but somehow we end up using things like conch, quat. Like, come on, people. Let's, let's <laughs> well, and this is, it's funny like- that you say that because I was having this conversation with one of my colleagues here in the office the other day, mm-hmm. and she turned beet red when we started to talk about this conversation because in our culture like i'm dominican she's uh puerto rican and there are we call it a flower we call it and i'm like uh, yeah it's like and 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 i've i have boys delicious like vaginas too (laughs) i have boys but from a very young age i started to just tell them you know i'm a former educator i was like we're not doing this little bird like no it's your penis that's what it's called and we're going to talk about it like what it is so and mom has a vulva and a vagina and they don't want to get into it because of course they're boys and I'm like well when when you're (laughs) up for it let me just tell you because these are things that you need to to know and understand as you grow I have a 13 year old of course um so he's asking questions um but even what I think we covered a topic not too long ago where even coming up with the caption was like stigmata and I'm like oh the odors down there and I'm like can we just call it what it is like we <laughs> it's you. a vagina like what are we so afraid to say so tell us a little bit about your book first so you um decided to write it to answer all of these questions um your book is titled this is how you vagina I think this is <laughs> I mean it's how I mean how much more specific can we get <laughs> Uh, and I made the subtitle all about your JJ and why you probably shouldn't call it that because I wanted to engender a little bit of, oh, really? Why shouldn't I call it that? And yeah. to kind of delve in to the myriad reasons why you really shouldn't call it that. Yeah. If you look at the very introduction to the book, mm-hmm. so 
the book not only goes through a lot of the, now, of course, it's not a comprehensive volume. A comprehensive volume can never be this thin, mm -hmm. but it goes through, it hits on some, some of the larger points of what is normal and what might be abnormal that I need to talk to my doctor or practitioner about. about. Right. Yeah. But if you look at the very front of the introduction, this is, and I, I mean, Sean, I'm just, I'm showing you the book. This is yeah, a podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you look at one of the first few pages, and this isn't a, a comprehensive list. There's yeah. like 30 different words for the word vagina. Some of you whom are honeypot, quim, banny, crack, oh, punani. Yeah. <laughs> word of snatch. I've heard punani before. And it's like, what? Oh, yeah. What? I've, I've heard some of these. Yeah. I went and looked up a few from different countries, too, to kind of, you yeah. know, make it a little bit more international. And so each chapter is a little bit of something about the vagina. So the first one is greetings. I'm your vagina. Then we have um, my vagina's itchy. My vagina's bloody. Uh, my vagina's giving birth. Um, and I want to go through each of yeah. the things that our vaginas might go through during our lives, touch on what's normal, add a little historical context, yeah. and then what's abnormal. So then we can understand our vaginas in a deeper way. Yeah, because what to expect when you're expecting could not have prepared me for what my <laughs> vagina went through after birthing two children. I'm what sorry. Like, happens. like, no, yeah. no, you couldn't read that. Like, I'm like, no, 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 this is not what I read. <laughs> this is not what I read. So you know, your vagina can stretch to four to five times its size during like, childbirth. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we have some of the strongest collagen in our vaginas in order to do that. So we have two major types of so type three and type one collagen. And one of those types is the strongest type of collagen that we have in order to allow your vagina to snap back. Yeah. And it usually does. And I, I tell my patients this, just because you had a baby, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a nice tight wet vagina and have a really wonderful sexual experience. Yeah. In fact, it might actually get better. I've had some of my patients after they've had kids I can attest to that. Yes, 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 yes. I will. I will exactly. agree to that. Um, but let's talk about some of these trends that I feel uh, over the years, though, have become, you know, trendy and, and mm. are actually really bad for you. You talk about, um, <laughs> no, your vagina does not need steaming. Can we have a Jay shawl? Uh, right? <laughs> what is happening? It yeah. is absolutely bonkers, but I always want to touch on this when I talk to people. I go, okay, why are you going to pay fifty to seventy dollars? Like I see my face, like it's up here, it's on top. <laughs> sure, I'm looking at that all the time. But your vagina, you sit on it. I'm sitting on it right now, and she's generally healthy as long as I give her three things: soap, water, and sunshine. And when it comes uh, uh, to people uh, uh, saying money, let's talk yeah. about sunshine. Yeah. How, how are we giving the, how are we giving the vajayjay, the vajayjay sunshine outside? Sun yeah. Like sunbathing their butts. Like yeah. what's happening? But we forget that our vaginas need air. Yeah. So in actuality, we should not be crossing our legs. We should not be stifling <laughs> her with <laughs> leggings. And look, I cross my legs too, because that's kind of, and, and it kind of makes your yeah, thigh yeah, look, yeah. You know, the, the calf muscle look very defined. Sure. But when we stifle her and she's not able to get enough air that can throw off your pH that can mm -hmm. put you at risk for discharge and 
odors that are due to the unhealthy bacteria that can grow when you stifle her by wearing things like leggings, thongs. Um, you know, if you go to the gym and you finish your exercise routine, you should take all those things off. That's why I mean sunshine. And of yeah. course, don't sleep in underwear and no thongs. Try to get full coverage, cotton drawers, unless you're going on, unless it's date night. And then sure, wear your little thong, <laughs> sure your butt is really cute, and then take them off and have sex. Yeah. So, which leads me to the, because panty liners are a big no-no, like you're, you're basically telling us not to wear them. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to go there just because I thought that was a good hygiene practice. And I have to say that that might, like, it was getting worse. And I was like, ew, this is gross. Like something's obviously happening. And in just by instinct, I was like, how about I stop wearing this? Um, because that's how I was raised. Like my mother till this day will take a douche to her VJ and I've read and I keep telling, I'm like, ma, you're not supposed to be doing that. But she was raised that like, like, she's like, this is like a, a thing. My mother used to do it. I'm like, but it says like right. the doctors say no. no and panty liners were something that were just always running rampant around my house. And so it was encouraged, obviously. I mean, it was me and my mom. I, I, I grew up around boys, oh. but mm-hmm. especially after giving birth, I was like, there's something really off about this, which obviously is right. not working. So I stopped using mm-hmm. them and lo and behold, hello. Uh, yeah. And you mentioned not sleeping in underwear. That's a practice that I feel a lot of women feel uh, uncomfortable with. I have friends that we talk about this all the time. Like they sleep complete, but completely butt naked. And I, I feel I'm just, I, I get very cold. So I need, I need like, I need, yeah, and I need no sweatpants dress. and I need like, but I do, I get cold. Um, but it's a comfort thing, but you're telling us not to wear it. So I think my husband would be very happy, but I don't know. All right. I don't See, know. My mom always said, don't wear underwear to bed. She said, air it out at night. Air it out. <laughs> See, air it out at night. Um, well, you know, sunshine, moonshine. But yes, you want to make sure that you're airing out your vagina. Okay. Because then that's going to help the pH stay in balance. Yeah. Your vagina needs oxygen just like all the rest of us does. Right. So when we yeah. deprive her of that, then she retaliates against you. <laughs> um, little anecdote about panty liners is that I, I keep harking, harkening back to this theme of women as consumer mm-hmm. because all these companies want us to do is buy more stuff and yeah. they instill fear of our vaginal odor or some other thing that makes our vagina oh well, nobody wants so a stressed. stinky vj come on doc <laughs> exactly. yeah exactly and make us buy stuff to feel yeah. better you know yeah. and that should be i want that that habit to be unlearned completely and yeah. then guess what we can invest in those companies and then make even more money instead of buying their stuff yeah right. well that's like too i always i have girlfriends that use like i'm not going to name the brands but that made like feminine washes and things like that, that are supposed to help with odor. I've never, I'm a soap clean. Like I don't need to add the other stuff. But to the point of soap, like in my country, there's a specific type of vaginal soap that you literally grow up, like everybody and their mother, no matter how rich or poor you are, this is what every Dominican woman, it's called Lemisol, which is like a menthol based. Um, Vagina soap. Well, the, hello. 
and um, <laughs> you're cringing. And all. No. <laughs> but to your point, then what is the appropriate, you know, type of soap that we should be or using um, right, like, be- you- to maintain vaginal health? Because again, culture cultural, you know, culture makes a huge difference. It, yeah. Okay, and and that was hard to break. That was tough. That way. That was tough for me. You grow up that way. You're, you're kind of born and raised to see your vagina as like, you know, an animal that needs to be conquered. It needs to be tamed or something like that with special things and whip her into shape. Honestly, (laughs) plain old soap is fine. Now, nothing that's going to really strip moisture. So I wouldn't use some of those like really heavy deodorant soaps, like, um, like dial or lever 2000 only because they just dry the skin. Yeah. But normal stuff like ivory, dove, um, even like an Olay, something like that. And I'm sorry, I'm naming brand names. I don't no, know it's totally fine. Yeah, I no, but, but I actually got it on an ivory soap. kick. Ivory, because through my um, nutritional mm-hmm. program, that was the soap that they actually recommended because it's the one that contains the least amount of toxins. You know yeah. I've used dove, sorry, again, naming brands forever. Mm-hmm. I just love it all over. Yeah. And my boyfriend loves that Irish spring, whatever. Sorry to shit on Irish spring, but, and I hate the way it smells just there. Like if I wash with it, I'm like, no, this is not right. Well, Irish spring is my a strong, that's a strong. That might actually interact. It's yeah. weird. With yeah, that yeah, particular yeah. soap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but Ivory is the way to go. Yeah. That'll tell you for a fact. Um, I could talk about this for days um, just because I think this is so, um, I mean, it, it, it just, I think it's empowering, right? I think that, and we're breaking stigmas and we're breaking misconceptions and we'll all, we're also, um, you know, just putting our, our health above anything else, which is what we should be doing. Because at the end of the day, um, I don't know, just like you were mentioning before, why it is that, you know, this part of our physiology has been, um, to a certain extent, like it's even traumatic, like the care is traumatic, like it, and it shouldn't be, it should be as easy as washing your hair. Like I, it really, I don't know. really should, but yeah. I talk about in the book why that is. And that's why I think when you read this, you will come out on the other side with a much better understanding of your vagina. Cause you understand that none of this is new. Yeah. They actually, um, there was one, I mentioned this in the book. Like, for example, like the topic of menstruation is always, oh my God, can't talk about it, can't talk about it. And this was in the 1960s. There was a doctor who wanted to prove the concept of something called menotoxin. Okay. That menstrual blood was literally toxic. This actually came all the way back from ancient Rome. And it was written by some ancient doctor that it turned the field sour. And this doctor in quote unquote modern times in the 50s and 60s did what's called a schick test. And he gave his nurse flowers to hold and the flowers allegedly wilted because she was menstruating. And I go, you know what? If at any point in time stuff goes bad when there's a menstruating woman around, we will have all died and nobody would have made it this far exactly. because there's always we menstruating not, women around. It wouldn't be so it humanity, no sense wouldn't exist. Oh my God. Exactly. So when you learn this history, you're like, holy crap. It's the same stuff on a different day. Yeah. And once you know that, you're like, now I can completely ignore it because I know it's a big fat load of crap. Exactly. Right. 
I also think too, like women sometimes are the worst perpetrators. Like I'll talk to women who have no clue what their vaginas look like. They don't look at it. They're scared to, I'm like, I look at my vagina all the time. If something's going to happen, I want to know. I looked at it, especially after kids. I was like, oh my God, are you okay on that? I got to check on it. Make sure it looks the same. I just wanted to make sure she was okay. I was like, girl. But some that was rough. Women don't look. They're like scared. Yes. They're like, you know what? It I'm like, yes, of course it's of mine. Course. I gotta yeah. look at it. Yeah, you gotta look at it. should all know what she looks like. Because guess right. what? My the biggest concern my patients have is, do I look look normal yeah, down yeah, there? Yeah. And I try to explain to people that you know, if you watch porn, everybody kind of looks the same. It's like cookie cutter vaginas. Well, yeah, they actually made probably made their vaginas to either look like that. They might have been born that way, but a lot of times they actually have surgery to do this. Yeah. And while I'm not gonna, I don't want to talk against the surgery yeah. because if you're a grown woman and you want to have boobs in or, you know, get, um, what I got the butt thing, I, uh, that's your choice, yeah. but I want you to understand why you might be making that choice. And to know that actually asymmetrical vulva, asymmetrical labia are actually more common mm-hmm. than symmetrical labia are. Yeah. So my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the book is I talk about a guy who was British, no less. Gotta love the Brits. They might seem to be prudes, but they're kind of out there. So this guy made plaster casts of 400 different vulva, and he made this big art installation. I remember, I, I have seen that. I yes, see this. I have seen this. Yes, yeah. it's the Great Wall of Vagina. And yeah. guess what? No two look alike. No. Most are asymmetrical. Some are hanging. Some are tiny. Some are big. It doesn't matter. They're just as unique as fingerprints. Yeah. I gotta yeah. see this wall of Yeah, vagina. just Google it. I I have seen this and I was actually I have, really it's in, it's in the book. Yeah, I oh and, God, and I have to tell you that, you know, because again, I think because I mean, I don't know, I personally went through like a sexual revolution for myself, uh, especially after uh, having children, like I came to terms with a lot of parts of my, diff- you know, different parts of my body, um, mm-hmm. and demystifying, you know, my own sexual health was important because obviously I now had a partner to share this. And we talk about, we talk about it. Like my husband and I will talk about it, which I think is super healthy, right? Like you need to be doing this and I need to be doing this and you can't be eating this. And I should be, you know what I mean? Like we have conversations because ultimately we want to make each other happy. We want to make each other comfortable with each of each other's bodies and whatnot. And that's what makes for long lasting good sex yeah, but some people don't even talk about it They're well scared. and but but you know and 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 this taboo again these stigmas surrounding these topics which are n- so normal like we you know we we all have sex we all have uh whether you, you choose a vagina or a penis whatever that whatever that is we all have an organ and you need to keep it clean and healthy and functioning and these are the things that you need to do in order for that to happen so your book um, where can we get it? Where can we learn more? It. Oh, hello. Uh, need to, <laughs> need to go down the VJ path. I need to really learn how to vagina. Clearly. Yes. Learn how to um, vagina. And how can we connect yeah. with you? Whoever's listening, how can they reach out and connect with you as well? So you can find me at my website. It's this is how you vagina.com. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Nicole life. My practice is at gynecology Institute. You can find the book on Amazon, but I would encourage all of your listeners to go to a local bookstore, buy local, request the book, because then you're supporting, you're learning not only about the vagina, but you're supporting a local business. 
Yeah, that's that's, that's wonderful. I yeah. typically do the same. I typically, um, if I can't find that in the store, I will then order it on Amazon. But I typically will go right. to my local bookstore and do the same thing for that same reason. Um, this was wonderful. I feel like uh, our listeners are going to really feel empowered and enlightened and, uh, we'll go out and get your book as well. Just because again, this is a topic that I always say, my God, why can't we just like normalize these conversations? Because, you know, ultimately it's, it, the vagina is a part of your body. So you right. have to I take mean, care of it. I inadvertently started my own vagina crusade. I wasn't even trying, but now that I'm in it, I realized how important this really is yes. for half the population of earth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, it was such a pleasure, Dr. Nicole, to connect with you, to hear from you and learn from you. And we hope that Thank we, there may be around two in our, in, in our future. Cause I feel like we Lots could keep more to talk about more to talk about for sure. Yeah. Thank you, Bella. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank Have a you. wonderful day. All right. Same to you. <laughs>